What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 14 of the DMDR podcast, also known as the Do Men Deserve Rights podcast. I'm your co-host, Arise. And for the next two episodes, it's going to be a little different. Uh, my co-host, Emmanuel, is not going to be here. So for the next two, I'm going to be picking out some special guests to kind of fill in his spot. And they're obviously going to make up for really good episodes. But joining me today is my good friend, Nick. He has his own podcast called the Just Hit Play podcast, where each week he and his uncle give each other a song from their respective generations and react to them and just talk about music overall. So Nick, if you want to introduce yourself to the audience, now's the time. Yeah, thanks for teeing me up, Ariz. Uh It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm been a big fan of the podcast so far. I think you guys are doing great stuff and it's really exciting to be hitting your audience with a little Dwayne Wade crossover action and getting a clap going. I'm really Thank happy you. to be here. Thank you. Thank you. That wasn't a paid advertisement, guys. Don't think I paid him to say that. So that was all genuine from the heart. Eh, all right. I, the, I, you oh. still owe me that e-transfer. That's very true. I'll t- we'll talk after the podcast. All right, so essentially we're both podcast hosts, uh, as as mentioned before. But uh, I think Emmanuel and I discussed it earlier. But now is like the worst time to start a podcast as guys, and I think your podcast is less kind of thought of as that because it's you and your uncle. It's a bit more wholesome. You guys are reviewing music, whereas Emmanuel and I's we're just kind of just two dudes. So it's always going to give up that alpha male vibe, toxic masculinity vibe uh, to the show. But outside of that, like. What do you think is the worst part of being a podcast host right now, especially a small podcast? It's got to be just telling like that moment when you tell someone that you have a podcast and you can see the look in their eyes where they're like, you know that they're thinking, oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the reaction that, that I perceive from a lot of people. And like you said, a lot of times there's also that sense of, oh, are they just two uh, guys talking about how to be an alpha male and talking about uh, hitting PRs in the gym and and how to pick up women and stuff. So right away, I always have to be like, oh, yeah, it's me and my uncle and we talk about music and like it's this thing and we have a structure and we we have this whole topic. We're not just guys sitting around complaining about our lives and the fact that we can't hook up with women. Yeah, we're not in so podcast. I think that's that's the thing. Like once you tell someone, especially a girl, that hey, I have a podcast with a friend of mine, it's just like it's like you can see the eye roll. It's like, oh, you guys have a podcast? That's ew. But it's like I I promise you, we're we're really not just one of those. And I think one of the biggest things is at the time a critique was why why are you uploading a podcast? This is just a conversation with friends. It doesn't need to be uploaded. And I agree. Sometimes I will listen to a podcast, like very niche ones, and I'll be like, yo, deadass, this is just a conversation. Like The ones I see on TikTok, I'm like, yo, this podcast sucks. And maybe ours sounded like that in the beginning, but I feel like as we've improved, it's become more of a intuitive conversation. It's a bit more free-flowing as opposed to like super structured thoughts. And I think with yours as well, it's becoming like that. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of guys that think that they and their friends are way funnier than they actually are. Like, they think when they sit around in a room and they've had a few and they're just talking, they think they're the funniest guys in the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard so many times, oh, if only we could record our PlayStation voice chat parties and put them online, like, you know, it would do numbers or something. Or, oh, we should start a podcast. And it's like, no, you you're just dudes just talking about bullshit. It's like it, that Twitter meme. It's uh, sorry to interrupt, but it's like that Twitter meme where it's like, what do you call three straight dudes? A podcast. And it's like facts because I mean, that's kind of how ours started. We were like on PlayStation. We're like, yo, I feel like we're funny guys. We should start it. But I don't know. It's like, we don't 
try to not to tap into the fucking alpha male stuff. Cause if you make a podcast and just make the exact same content as everyone else has to be like, we need higher value women. And these are uh, red flag. Fuck. We just made a red flag podcast, but you know what I'm trying to say? I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like I said, it's just a lot of dudes who think they're funnier than they are. And the really successful podcasts where it's just a couple of guys sitting and shooting the shit. That's like upper echelon, top tier level of funny and charisma that a lot of us simply just don't have. And I mean, you guys, you have your your loose structure now where you talk about topics and yeah, it's become more free flowing, but you're actually offering your own unique insights into things that people our age are interested in or right. just topics that are being talked about. Yeah, like, you know, the best part is when um, people hit us up and be like, yo, you guys should talk about this. And I think that's the best kind of sign of engagement you can get from someone. It's like, okay, people are actually listening to this. It's not just going out to to blind ears. People are like, yo, can you guys talk about this? Like a lot of our biggest episodes, the biggest topics that come from it are stemming from people saying you guys should discuss this topic or discuss that topic. So I think when you bring kind of like a local perspective to something that wants to be talked about, I think it makes for a good episode. No doubt. And yeah, like you said, I like the the local flair that, that you guys have on here where uh, you, you can tell like it's rooted in sort of the GTA, uh, whatever culture you could say the GTA has, that's evident in the podcast and just the environment in which we all grew up. And I, I just wanted to ask you, so mm-hmm. since this is the biggest podcast in Mississauga, it your, is, words, it is. your words, Yes. am I, after being on here, can I say I'm a saga pop? Ooh, saga pop that's a good term yeah i think you can i think you get the the title of saga pops man we should one day i will go into saga pops it's such a funny concept uh anyone from mississauga will kind of know about that but yeah i think i will bestow the honor of a saga pop to you as a milton resident thank you yeah as you just said i grew up in milton which i like to think of milton as sort of the illegitimate child of mississauga that saga doesn't really like or acknowledge but it's just there for sure, I'm uh, nodding my head right now. You can't see, but I am nodding my head. Yeah, and, and we always had an inferiority complex about Saga, and uh, we'd claim GTA like we were right there in the trenches with you guys when mm-hmm. we weren't at all. So <laughs> <laughs> it means a lot to me for to be called a Saga Pop. Finally. No, for sure. I think you got to ride that badge with honor, and I think it should go into your Instagram bio now for sure. Damn, that's a throwback. Yeah, for sure. Outside of Mississauga, outside of Milton, we both go to Guelph. We both graduated from Guelph very recently. And our experiences, although it's somewhat similar, I will say it's also different because you lived there all four years. You kind of went into the clubs, you went to the parties, whereas for me, I, I was mostly home. So I know at my graduation, it was a very bittersweet experience because I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done this path or this uh, phase of my life. I'm done undergrad. But I also felt kind of bitter because I'm like, damn, like I didn't really get to feel that university experience that I really wanted to. Like seeing all these people at my graduation, I'm like, yo, these guys are like really cool. I wish I had an opportunity to talk to them more. So how fun was it going to Guelph and and like does it hold up to other university experiences? Obviously, me and you both have friends that have been to Western and Queens and and all that. So do you think it holds up to those big party school uh, environments? Yes and no. I think of it as University of Guelph and Guelph is a town. It's like a scaled down version of those other universities in the towns that they're in. Uh, I have a lot of friends that 
uh, went to or currently are still going to Waterloo and Laurier. So I've spent a lot of time there over the years too. And overall, Guelph is just that, but on a smaller scale and with more hicks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is hicks central at Guelph. I mean, we have the agricultural college, which Emmanuel hates. Uh, he kind of threw a shade at the agricultural college. I think he didn't really mean it, but some people kind of took it in a, in a certain way. But how fun is the kind of club sense there? Because I know Trappers is one. I know that's like a big club that people always talk about. But uh, I know in Waterloo, because I've been there a few times, and I know all the clubs now, and I know each one kind of has like a different um, vibe to it. I think there's, there is obviously a country club, I think, in Waterloo. Is there something like that in Guelph, which I'd, I'd only assume there is? The ranch. Oh, okay, man. that's what it's called. They've got a mechanical bull. The, no the whole way. Thing. Yeah, the whole nine yards, man. It's You can't go to the ranch if you're not in Wrangler jeans and cowboy boots and the cowboy hat. You've got your egg jacket on. Yep. Yeah. The whole thing, man. I, I personally have never attended the ranch. Uh, if I'm being honest, and no offense to anyone who likes this place, you'd never catch me dead there uh, if I'm just putting it honestly. No, we got to keep it honest on this show. Yeah, yeah, it's I like that. But here's what I'll say about Trapper's Alley. Mm-hmm. You have a 40% chance of having an incredible night every time you go. The other 60% is like anywhere from uh, just painful mid to no. terrible. And you're like, why on earth am I out here right now? I just want to be home. And... I, I will say, like, I'm not a huge club going out guy. Uh, like, I'll go if it's I'm with a group of friends or it's an occasion or something. It's not my go-to. Right. To me, the only appeal of traps is the dollar beers. Monday, Thursday oh, night. Oh, that's where the dollar beers are. Okay. It's an institution, right? I always say to people, new Guelph students or people becoming of legal age uh, in Guelph, I say you got to go to traps for dollar beers at least once. Mm-hmm. And the main reason for that is traps as an establishment is, as I said, so mid that you need those dollar beers to have a good time. To com- yeah, to make up for it. Exactly. Have you ever so what goes Guelph? into the 60% to not having a good night? It, have you ever been to Phil's or I've never been to any of, the, any of these Guelph things or even Waterloo. Waterloo that's, Phil's is in Waterloo, no? Yeah, Phil's is Waterloo. Yeah, and I've I think been it's the to... Closest. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Like, I've heard of that. I've heard the drink. I've heard Pub on King. I've heard of all these places, but I've never been to them. And I know Emmanuel's been to a few of them, and each one he has his own story about. But no, I haven't been to any. Well, Phil's and Traps are very similar. Any listeners who have been to either one know that it's sticky floors, uh, exposed ceiling, (laughs) bathrooms. You're catching hepatitis A through Z, like just all of them, all possible diseases you're catching in there. Uh, it's loud. The music is top forty. It, it's fun if you're hammered, or if you're with the right group of people, mm-hmm. or if the selection of people in the establishment, the, just the group as a whole at traps that night, is fun. Right, right. There's a lot of variables, and uh, one of those being off, you're not having the best time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's what makes up the sixty percent. But I will say. And although I haven't been to any of the the two university city clubs, I feel like it's just easier to get into those clubs as opposed to a Mississauga or a Toronto because we, Emmanuel and I alluded to it uh, in the last episode, but like 
there's so much like contingencies based off of guest, guest list and appearance and timing and cover and all this. Whereas I feel like at Guelph and Waterloo, you could just get in. I don't know. Maybe you have to pay some cover to get in, but I feel like it's just a much easier experience as opposed to Toronto and, and Mississauga. No doubt. Yeah. I'd say you're pretty much bang on there. Like guest list, not really a concern, not at traps or uh, Frank's is another big one in Guelph. Uh-huh. That's not really a concern. As far as cover, you're looking at like five, five bucks, ten bucks That's max. Uh, most I've ever had to wait in line is like an hour, and that's in rare circumstances. Unless you show up, like if you're showing up at eleven o'clock on a dollar beers night, you're probably not getting it. You asked for it, yeah. Exactly, you did it to yourself. But yeah, I'd say the accessibility factor is much better in Guelph compared to Mississauga or Toronto or even Waterloo. Sometimes, like you mentioned. So it's definitely easier to have a spontaneous night out in Guelph, I'll say. You don't have to be messaging uh, sleazy promoters on Instagram trying to get guest lists and shit like that. We have to abolish promoters. I'm on like the number one source of being anti-promoter. I used to be the number one source for um, not anti-barber, but I was a very big advocate for lowering barber prices because, man, these prices, I know this is like very off track. The prices have gone up too much, man. I know inflation and stuff, but like we got to tone it down, man. Why, why am I getting charged $50 for a haircut? It's absolutely outrageous. Like, uh, I'm out here learning how to, like, line up, fade, trim my own beard and stuff. Like, let me go pay $10 to have a barber do it in, in five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually absurd. And I don't know about you. I, I like feeling like I'm a good tipper. And I yeah. like feeling like I'm generous. And, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm a tip well. They're charging me 50 bucks for a haircut, man. Like, it's too much. It's it's too much, man. You add tip into that. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like so I'm with you. Abolish barbers. Okay, or, we're sorry, on, we're, we're on the front lines. Not abolish barbers, but lower barber prices. Yes, promoters can get fucked. Yeah, no yeah. promoters. We don't need them in society. Whereas barber prices, like I don't know, man. It's like when 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 did we go from twenty dollars to forty five plus tax and tip? When that happened? I don't know, but that may have marked the downfall, the beginning of the downfall of civilization, if we're no. just looking at it objectively. 100%. I think gas prices and barber prices going up, what else can we as men suffer more? If, I don't know what's another factor in which men are more affected with. I mean, women drive too. I don't know why I'm saying this, but barber prices hitting us, that's too much, man. It's insane. Yeah. And I, actually, I liked a couple episodes ago, the the whole segment on on promoters. It wasn't very long, but... Uh, I, I could really sense your your anger and your frustration at, at this profession. I mean, they're taking all the women, they're they're gatekeeping the clubs, they're nah, keeping us from having fun. It's nuts. Nah, I think if I ever go to a club again this summer, I, I know somehow someone's like, aren't you co-host of the DMDR podcast? Yeah, fuck you. And I'm not going to be able to get in. But if that ever happens, that means I'm big time. That's I will say that. That means you've made it. Yeah, I mean, no, that's 100%. Isn't that the dream to, to be recognized? Or I guess they, you, you guys don't do video, right, for your podcast? Not yet. We're trying to get into it. But uh, the thing is, it's difficult because I'm in Saga, Emmanuel's in Waterloo. So it's kind of hard for us to um, do it together. Most of the time, we're, we're doing it obviously off of Discord. So it's easy for us to be in different cities and doing it at, at the same time. Um, but I want to get into video. I want to really like go into a, a proper setup and just do it. But uh, that, I think, is the next step that will kind of just grow us a bit bigger. So in order for someone to recognize you as the co-host at DMDR, you have to get like really up close next to their ear and start talking to them. And they'll be like, oh, shit, you're that guy with the voice. 
Exactly, exactly. Because Emmanuel, Emmanuel's known, man. Emmanuel's known in Waterloo as many things, as an athlete, as a, yeah, no, athlete first and foremost, and then podcast host comes second. Whereas for me, if I go, I have to introduce myself as the podcast host when I go into Waterloo. But now I'm hoping maybe in the fall, after we cement ourselves this summer, I'm hoping to get recognized. That'd be pretty fun. I know I, I would have made it if that were to ever happen, but uh, it's a steady, it's a steady growth, and we just got to keep it going. Honestly, that's the funnest thing about podcasts is that you don't have to really invest. It's it, like what we're doing right now, me and you, is free, free of charge. I have my headphones. You have your mic that you've already purchased, but Discord is free. When we're uploading it, it's not actually that much money, and then promoting it is free as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why that's part of the reason why there's such a stigma is because there's n- almost no barrier for people like us to just upload conversations. So there's a lot of garbage podcasts out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. that's why there's a stigma because anyone with a with a cheap mic can record themselves and put it on the internet for like six people to listen to total. <laughs> the really bad ones, you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, I fully understand it. There hasn't ever been a point of like someone, well, the podcast slender hasn't ever been directed towards us. But when I see it on Twitter, I'm like, ah, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Because like when I see the Fresh and Fits and uh, the Andrew Tates and all those guys, I'm like, fuck, man, these guys are absolutely ruining my profession, my aspired profession, you know, like, but I, I totally, I totally understand. it. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's like we're saying we're not like other podcast hosts, like we're doing that whole thing right now. Yeah. Like, oh, no, we're no. we're not we're not like those other guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah, yeah, that's we're cool. We're doing thing. we're doing it well. We're doing it right over here. But uh, I, I jokes aside, I genuinely do feel that way. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's never like I said. There's never been a point where I'm like, oh fuck, you guys are hating. Oh, my voice cracked. Also, I'm very congested right now. To anyone being like, why is this guy's voice different? Allergies are absolutely screwing me over. So I'm sounding very congested this episode. Hopefully next week's with the next special guest. Stay tuned for that one. I'll be feeling better. But um, we we shall survive. But I know that you listened to our last one and you said that you have a Jack Harlow story as well. So I'd love to hear it because I love kind of just hearing Jack Harlow slander or even positivity. I love hearing stories about that. Right. Yeah. So on the last podcast episode, you guys had a whole thing talking about Jack Harlow. And when I was, I listened to the most recent episode uh, just yesterday as I was getting ready to appear uh, on today's episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta tell this story. So it's 2018. My uncle, who I host the podcast with, just hit play. Right. He's he lives in Australia, and he had, he was visiting Canada. And one of our traditions, whenever he comes to visit, is we go to a concert together. Pretty so wholesome. yeah, very wholesome, right? Uh, so I found this concert at Budweiser Stage in May 2018. And one of my favorite indie bands, Broken Social Scene, and another band, Portugal the Man, were doing like a, a joint headlining concert thing together. So I should have said, whatever, let's go to this one. We get there, and there, there was no opener listed on the ticket, but about an hour before anything was supposed to start, like basically right after we walk in the doors, we just get to our seats. Budweiser is... I'm not sure if you've ever been, but I've if never anyone, been, but I've heard of, of the venue itself. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's like mm-hmm. it's a big place, and it was maybe thirty percent full at this time. Out onto stage walks the ner- the dorkiest, nerdiest <laughs> looking white guy I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, he looked like a major dweeb back then. Exactly, dweeb. Perfect word. 
Good looking guy now. I'm telling you that. Like, I would not, not be like, yo, this guy's always hating on him. No, good looking guy now. Back then, crazy dweeb is what I'm going to say. Well, let's just say this. He had a much needed glow up for his career. Mm-hmm. I think if he remained looking like that, there's absolutely no way he would have reached. There's no way he would have got a Drake feature is what I'm saying. Absolutely not. Yeah. And so okay. this guy walks out on a stage. I'm thinking, who the hell is this guy? Like, he wasn't on any of the event details. I don't know who this is. He says his name is Jack Harlow. And for the next like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, uh, he just stood on stage and proceeded to absolutely bomb. Like no it was way. terrible, bro. Damn. Like just a, like an abysmal, everything about that. It was, it, it was so bad and uncomfortable that you just look around and you see people cringing and like, yeah, like just sweating feel- too. I was sweating profusely. I thought, yeah, God, yeah, this guy's got to get off stage. Whenever I see something cringeworthy, I just start like, I, ugh, I just like start becoming extremely sweaty. I'm like, please stop, please stop. That's exactly what it was. I was just praying he would just get the hell off stage. Because think about it, I the two bands that were performing were one a, a pretty popular but still niche Canadian indie rock band, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Portugal the man they're like I don't know just your classic they're pretty rock, big, no? modern rock band they're they're big but just yeah. they make rock music yeah so no one in that crowd other than maybe like probably just me in the entire crowd could even be considered Jack Harlow's demographic or target audience uh, aka someone that listens and likes rap music mm-hmm. it was just so bad man I and he had one song that he performed I think it was Dark Knight that one's actually pretty good. Anyone listening, if you haven't heard Dark Knight by Jack Harlow, actually look that up. I think it's one of the better songs he's ever made, honestly. I've never heard it. You, you should look it up. It kind of slaps. I really mm. can't lie. Yeah, like I remember, I said it before, but I remember I started listening to him when What's Poppin' dropped, I think. But it was definitely before COVID. And I, I was like, man, I was playing that so much. And I remember I, I tell my friends, I'm like, yo, like, have you guys seen this um this Jack Harlow guy, and remember at the time he had a lyrical lemonade video. And once you have a lyrical lemonade video, it's like holy shit, you're you're kind of getting there. And then he had a Jetson made beat, so I was like, this this guy's set up. And then everyone's like, ah, oh, this guy's a core ball, this guy's a dork. And I was like, I mean, I get it, but to think that he would go from that to like absolute sex symbol is something that I never totally expected. I I always say that he's a charisma merchant. That's oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I think it's by far the best way to describe him. He He's got a great personality, man. Like you can't take that away from him. He he lives off those uh, interviews. Uh, shout out Drewski because he's helped out Jack Harlow mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting on other women on red carpets and like those going viral. Yeah, uh, with uh, Saweetie, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and the whole one with Emma Chamberlain. That, yeah, that whole thing. Absolutely chill guy, man. You see, he'd, yeah. be, he'd be great to hang out with. I think. Oh, without a doubt. But when I saw him in 2018, I literally, I, I think I left that concert and I don't think Jack Harlow, uh, the, the name, any memory of that, it, it just completely vanished from my mind because it was so bad. I wanted to erase it from my memory. So and at what point when you saw him again, you were like, holy shit, this was the guy that I listened to a few years ago. Yeah, well, when I heard What's Poppin' for the first time and I, mm. I was like, holy shit, that's the that's the guy that put up like a triple single performance in front of my very eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I, crazy. 
I couldn't believe it, bro. I I was stunned. I, I was amazed even that he had turned his career around to that degree because the guy I saw on the stage in 2018 didn't have a he didn't have a shot at what he is now. Good for him, man. Honestly, so, yeah. On I want on a positive note, like this guy must have he clearly like grinded really hard. He made some good connections. He got some good uh, label backing, some industry backing. Got a great marketing PR team, all that, uh, and I'm happy for him because he he did what he had to do to make it big. He mm-hmm. it I always see people calling Jack Harlow an industry plant. I was just about to say that, yeah. I, that's not the case because this guy sucked. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He grinded to to get to where he is now. He put in I've the seen time. An interview with um, what's the dude on Apple Music? Something low? Is this Zach Low? Yeah, Zane Zane Low. Zane Zane Low. Yeah, I remember. I think Zane Low asked him like, "What do you think about the industry plant a- accusations?" He's like, "I mean, you guys weren't there at whatever festival where I only had seven people in the audience." And it's like, yeah, that's true because you don't really see the hard work that leads up to it. You just see the big kind of uh, huge introduction to the scene. There are a lot of genuine industry plants in, in the music industry that at least I know of. Like Claro is definitely one. Gracie Abrams is a big one. Oh, my voice cracked again. But Gracie Abrams is a big one. Her dad is literally jj abrams star wars director so not to knock their talent they're both extremely talented people but there are a lot of talented people in the music industry that will just never even make it as close as big because for whatever reason that they can't invest money into promoting or whatever it is but the thing is with social media it's just that you can blow up quite quickly if if uh, you're a good looking person or if one of your songs just absolutely blows up on tiktok then boom like the ascent to stardom is crazy without a doubt like i i think everything you've just said is completely true it's without that lightning in a bottle one in a million viral moments which nowadays often comes from tiktok Mm -hmm. you need industry backing and it's something we talk about on our podcast just hit play a lot um just how the music industry in general now it's great because there's a much bigger variety and just an exponential uh, amount of artists that you can listen to and you can find and that are making money off music. I mean, if you look back at the, the 70s or 80s, it was like 10 bands that were popular. That's, That's it. crazy. <laughs> Whereas nowadays, like it's literally hundreds and thousands of people eat, like making money off music. And that's cool. Yeah. But it's impossible to do without some kind of label backing or some kind of push. Yeah, exactly. Or having a dad who's a movie director or or producer in the business like with gracie abrams Mm -hmm. you need some kind of springboard now so it's it's good where the music industry at is at now is good in the sense that a lot of artists are able to make money and do well with music but it also kind of sucks because you you got to either try and manufacture a viral moment be born very luckily or capture that lightning in a bottle Exactly. Because like now, like just look at Rolling Loud. Rolling Loud, the festival list is insanely long. And there's a point where I try to be familiar with a lot of artists. I may not necessarily listen to them, but I'm like, hey, I I recognize this artist. And I recognize a good, say, 70, 80 percent of it. Whereas back then, I'd say probably like you're saying in the 70s or 80s, if there was a festival, you absolutely knew every single person there because there just wasn't that much opportunity to grow. There was a set select of bands, set select of artists, and, and that was it. 100%. 100%. If you look at, uh, I guess Woodstock is the only festival that I know of that was around back then. Yeah. But 
much. If you go back and you look at the lineups from from those, it's like, yeah, everyone knew all those artists, all those bands, and they were getting played on the radio. Uh, just th- there wasn't as much variety and as much choice. So that's definitely a really good thing that's in the music industry right now is there's so many genres that are popular. It's not just whatever's on the radio. Yeah, uh, subgenres too. Like it's so crazy because rap now has become such a very big thing. Like rap, there's so many subgenres of rap. Like you can't compare Yeet to Kendrick Lamar. It's still rap, but it's just colossally different. It's not even the same stratosphere, man. Like it, I, I hate when people try to compare uh, artists that just make entirely different music. Mm-hmm. And when they make music with different intentions too like that's the main thing is yeet is not making music to get people to sit there and be like oh my god this guy's spitting he's coming to he's going in yeah yeah he he just wants to make shit that's hard and he does yeah no (laughs) undoubtedly how are you gonna compare him and say oh yeah his album was better than kendrick's album or whatever when it's just it's completely different stuff Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree. But speaking of Rolling Loud, I think this will be the last topic that we get into. Rolling Loud Toronto specifically, I remember since high school, I'd been wanting a Rolling Loud festival to hit our city. Although I do like that a lot of Toronto artists are being featured on the thing, because you want to always support your city. I'm not a big fan of some of the artists that are there. Like, for example, Chromas is there. And I'm like, what does Chromas do, let alone for her to be on the Rolling Loud set list? And I think that event. I don't want to say it, but I feel like it just won't go as well as people think it will. I, I just don't think it's going to be that safe. Speaking as a Rolling Loud ticket holder, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you, I you like you won't catch me at Chroma's set. I no, I refuse to go there. And uh, look, I've I've heard a lot of stuff about uh, people speculating that things might happen at Rolling Loud Toronto, and it may not be safe and. Uh, I, I do believe that that's a possibility, but I don't know. I can't claim to know enough about the politics of Toronto uh, beef. If Toronto beef to, to try and say like, oh yeah, like uh, don't go to this set because people from this intersection are going to come and, and try right. to shoot it up. Like, I don't know anything about that. So I'm just hoping someone I'm there with has a good understanding of all the politics. Yeah, so I know no, where to crucial. not go. I, no, that's crucial. You will not catch me at any... Like, I'm not risking my life for uh, a random Toronto rapper, man. No, I, I, I refuse. I absolutely the reason refuse. why I say it, it's not even... Like, yeah, it's considering the, the rap beef, but just things in Toronto don't go well for us. Like, even the parade, it's something that's supposed to be a very wholesome day, a very enjoying day. And a, shoot, a shooting happened there. Like, I was like, if, if, some, if something has... Wholesome as the parade went violent, I can only expect everything else to like just not go well. Like, how many times have you heard a shooting happen at the CNE or whatever crazy violent event had happened at the CNE? Or there's like random acts of violence in subway stations. Maybe I'm very pessimistic, but I just think that something inevitably bad will happen at Rolling Loud, and I, God forbid, it doesn't. Uh, but I'm just hoping Rolling Loud really prioritizes security, and I, I'm sure they will. I hope they will. I'm definitely taking a more optimistic approach, obviously, given that I'm a ticket holder and I'm biased. I I don't want to die or get shot. So I'm hoping it's going to be pretty chill. Uh, I feel like Rolling Loud as an organization 
I trust them because they've had events in uh, New York City, Los Angeles, big cities with Chicago. Yeah, facts. Cities with higher crime rates than Toronto, more uh, violent crime rates. Certainly, as strong, if not stronger, beef and politics. Gun violence, yeah, like at least gun violence isn't as crazy as it is here in comparison to other cities. Exactly. So I'm hoping that the organization uh, that puts on Rolling Loud like knows what they're doing and has good security and and whatnot. Because, uh, like I said, man, I'm not trying to die for a Toronto rapper. Like not for Pressa, bro. No, like that's. I don't know how how I could look my family in the eye if I like caught a gunshot wound at a Pressa set. Oh you know, my it's God, just not crazy, worth it. Yeah, that's a crazy story to explain. Cardi? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like th- since they've done it so many times, I think they they know what they're doing, and I'm just kind of reading into it too much. If this was their f- like Rolling Loud as a whole was a new organization and their first ever festival was in Toronto, oh man, yeah, I think it would be a shit show. But since Rolling Loud is such an established name. I think nothing will happen that bad. Even OVO Fest, I think nothing has ever really bad happened at OVO Fest. So maybe maybe nothing will happen. And I hope nothing will happen. Yeah, I also really hope so. <laughs> All right, so appreciate you for coming on to the show. Once again, this is Nick. He is a co-host on the Just Hit Play podcast with his uncle. I'm going to try to... There isn't really a link in the description. I was about to say that. But uh, obviously, Nick, if you want to plug your Instagram so people can go check out the link tree... Uh, um, yeah, so go ahead and, and promote the podcast and then we can sign off to the audience. Yeah, thanks. So you can check us out on Instagram at Just Hit Play Podcast. There you can find our link tree, uh, links to whatever podcast service you prefer, uh, how to download and listen to our show. Uh, we also like to post updates on the Instagram whenever we've got a new episode out, uh, some music trivia, stuff from this week in music history. Uh, yeah. Basically, if you enjoy music, uh, whether it's from uh, our generation, Gen Z, or if you like some of the oldies, uh, there's going to be something for you on our show, and we appreciate each and every one of our listeners. So check us out. And Ariz, I just want to say thank you for having me on. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, I hope Emmanuel thinks I I did a good (laughs) enough job. (laughs) And yeah, I've really had a great time. Appreciate you, man. I will say to everyone... A lot of the new music artists that I listen to has come from Just Hit Play. A lot of new intro- artists I've been introduced to from their podcast. So if you're always looking for new music, they're a really great source to try to find out new artists or even hear out old songs that are released by some of your favorite artists, honestly. Uh, but yeah, once again, this is episode 14 of the DMDR podcast. And I really thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Easy. <laughs>